0: Hello, that was Credence singing Fortunate Son. This week's podcast is about the slow death of democracy in our country. I have to start off this one with talking about symbolism versus action. One thing that's always kind of drove me crazy is all this talk about things like patriotism and democracy and The thing that i find often happens is it's all talk no action do you remember back in 2008 presidential election when all this talk about obama's not wearing a flag lapel and people freaking out about that an american flag pin is standard accessory for just about every politician and candidate in the country these days but Not Barack Obama. He stayed in Johnson County to give a speech in Iowa City.
1: And he wasn't wearing an American flag pin. Flag pin. Flag pin. Presidential contender Barack Obama won't wear an American flag
0: lapel pin. The reporter for ABC's Cedar Rapids affiliate was the first to notice.
1: About the flag pin, he didn't have really good answers. A
2: no pin zone, you're taking the pin, you're taking the, the pin American off. flag right. off of you, and saying, I'm not going to wear it. Almost in a little bit of a, a protest, I guess.
3: I think he's disrespecting the American flag. He's got to apologize to the people, for example, that are working in the fields, there were Marines,
2: were in the army, and that's what the something to our troops. Why do we wear pins? Because our country was under attack. Barack put on the pin, they just hate the flag.
0: People would get freaked out about him not wearing a pin. But they would look at actions of others, what they have really done to support, say, veterans. For example, if we really look at the record and look at what's happened around issues related to veterans, it goes deeper than simply wearing a flag lapel. Let's look at a recent event when President Trump held a briefing. And a CBS News reporter challenged him on a lie that he repeated multiple times. Trump called on the White House correspondent Paula Reid, and she asked, why do you keep saying you passed Veterans Choice? Trump attempted to move on to another reporter, but Reid kept asking the question. She spoke, it was passed in 2014, but it was a false statement, sir. Trump said earlier in the press conference that he had passed the Veterans Choice Act which makes it possible for veterans to use the government health benefits at providers other than veterans administration. In reality, it was passed in 2014 under President Barack Obama. After Trump refused to answer the question multiple times, he cut off the briefing through the cheers of his supporters.
1: Can Congress and decide how you hear the word obstruction bed?
3: They've yeah. obstructed. We Congress has obstructed. Out. The Democrats have obstructed people from getting desperately needed money. Go ahead, please. Right here. Sir,
1: president, I'm in, I'm in, no, why do you no, keep saying finished. that Go you ahead, passed please. Please. Veterans Choice? Please. You said that you Go passed on. Veterans Choice. It was passed in 2014. Okay, excuse me. Go ahead, please. But it was a false statement, sir.
3: Okay. Thank, thank you please. very much, everybody. Thank you very much.
0: If you listen carefully, at conferences that he's had anytime he's faced with a difficult question or a question it doesn't want to answer he has two choices that he makes one is either lie or walk off the stage but let's get back to looking at how situations with veterans are handled in Trump's 2020 budget plan It didn't include enough funding for medical services, community care, infrastructure, medical research, or support programs for veteran caregivers. In November 2019, combat veteran and U.S. Senator Tammy Duckworth went to the Senate floor to call on her colleagues to pass her bipartisan bill, the Veterans Preventive Health Coverage Fairness Act, which would guarantee that veterans enrolled in the VA system don't have to pay out-of-pocket costs for preventative medications. At the time, every other insured American, including service members, enrolled in TRICARE or guaranteed access to those preventative drugs without co-payments. Republicans rejected Senator Duckworth's request to pass her bipartisan legislation that would prohibit veterans from being charged co-payments for essential drugs and potentially life-saving preventative health. In 2017, despite vowing to support American veterans, President Trump and congressional Republican leaders put forth a budget proposal that would do great damage to veterans and yet at the same time would help his tax cuts for millionaires and corporations. In fact, for every two dollars of the cuts Trump wanted to make to service and benefits for veterans which will total about $154 billion over the next decade Trump planned to give three dollars to adult children of millionaires and billionaires. So once again for every two dollars that was cut for veterans, three dollars were given to the wealthy. See, we could talk about wearing flag lapels, we can talk about how much we support veterans, but actions speak louder than words. In her book, Congress and U.S. Veterans, from the GI Bill to the VA crisis, Stevens assistant professor, Lindsey Cormack, evaluated how the parties legislate and communicate veterans' policies. Quote from her book is, Republicans tend to talk more about veterans in constituent communications but they're less apt to author legislation in this area. If I go back to the time of the Obama administration and look at some of the bills that were rejected that will give me a better idea of actions versus words. It will also give me a true sign of which party supports veterans which party does not. If I go back in time during the Obama administration I could look and see which bills were rejected by Republicans. For example H.R. 466 Wounded Veteran Job Security Act. This bill would actually provide job security for veterans who are receiving medical treatment for injuries suffered while fighting in defense of their country. It would prohibit a Employers from terminating employees who miss work while receiving treatment for service related to disabilities. H.R. 1168 Veterans Retraining Act. This bill would provide for assistance to help veterans who are currently unemployed with their expenses while retraining for current job market. H.R. 1171 Homeless Veterans Regeneration Program Reauthorization. This bill would reauthorize programs in support of homeless veterans to assist them with job training Counseling and Placement Services through the Department of Veterans Affairs. H.R. 1172, Requiring List on VA Website of Organizations Provided Scholarships for Veterans, which does nothing more than direct the Department of Veterans Affairs to include information about scholarship for veterans. H.R. 1293, Disabled Veterans Home Improvement and Structural Alteration Grant Increase Act of 2009. This was another bill that would have supported veterans who fought for this country. It was passed by the House Democrats and blocked from becoming law by Republicans. This bill would have increased the amount paid to VA to disabled veterans for necessary home structural improvements from 4,100 to 6,800 for those who are more than 50% disabled and from 1,200 to 2,000 who had less than 50% disability. This means if veterans lost the use of their legs and service as a country, the country will pay for the wheelchair ramp so they could live at home. H.R. 1803 Veterans Business Center Act. This bill would have set up a Veterans Business Center program within the Small Business Administration, which would specialize in such programs as grants for service-disabled veterans, help them develop business plans and secure business opportunities. H.R. 2352, Job Creation Through Entrepreneurship Act. This bill would combine a number of other bills that Republicans had blocked in the Senate previously and add a few elements. This bill, again, would establish a Veterans Business Center program. It would establish a military entrepreneurship program, and yet the Republicans rejected it. I mention all these because it's easy to talk about your support it's another thing to act. Remember this?
3: We, we do not need a weak, spineless president who is more concerned about issuing apologies than in protecting Americans. We, we do not need a reckless president who believes... She is above the law. Lock her up. That's right. Yeah, that's right. Lock her up. I'm going to tell you what it's unbelievable. It's unbelievable.
0: That was Michael Flynn, who pleaded guilty twice to lying. To the FBI, in court, under oath, he testified that he was guilty to that. In April of 2017, the Republican National Committee issued a press release. The press release stated by Chairman Rona McDaniel, I am delighted to announce the addition of these longtime friends of the party and supporters of this administration to our finance leadership team. Elliot Brody, Michael Cohen, and Louis DeJoy will serve as National Deputy Finance Chairman. This came after earlier Steve Wynn was forced to resign from his RNC post following a sexual misconduct allegation. Brody is at the center of multiple ongoing controversies, including allegations that he pitched himself shortly before Trump's inauguration as someone who could help Russian companies get off the U.S. sanctions list for a fee. And then there's Michael Cohen, and I think we all know what happened to him. The only surviving member of that group is Louis DeJoy, who is now Postmaster General. His businesses have been the subject of complaints of sexual harassment and unsafe work conditions. A Tennessee jury awarded the plaintiffs $1.5 million in damages in 2013 in sexual harassment and retaliation lawsuit against new breed logistics the company improperly fired three workers who made complaints about a manager's unwelcome sexual touching and lewd obscene and vulgar sexual remarks in 2018 the new york Times published an investigation about a warehouse run by xpo logistics the company that acquired new breed logistics and put mr judoy on the board The investigation found that the six warehouse employees who had been denied breaks during work shifts had miscarriages after lifting heavy boxes and one woman had died of cardiac arrest after being denied a break. Four months after the investigation, XPO shut down the warehouse, which employed about 400 people, drawing criticism the company had acted in retaliation against workers who complained about working conditions and of course the company denied those accusations. Mr. DeJoy has also been cited by the National Labor Relations Board for acting with anti-union animus. A 1997 decision by the U.S. Courts of Appeals for the Ninth Circuit affirmed that the company had violated labor laws by deliberately avoiding rehiring unionized employees who worked at a U.S. Army terminal where a new breed had secured contracts. And now Mr. DeJoy has been appointed as Postmaster General by President Trump. Trump's latest adventure is the dismantling of the Postal Service. He has often stated about what a failure the Postal Service has been. But let's look at this closely. In 2006, the Postal Accountability and Enhancement Act required the Postal Service to pre fund future retiree health benefits. This act required the USPS to create a $72 billion fund to pay for the cost of its post-retirement health care costs 75 years into the future. No other federal agency or private corporation has this applied to them. If these costs for the retirement healthcare mandate were removed from the postal service financial statements, The Post Office would have reportedly operated profits in the last six years. This mandate has created a so-called financial crisis that has been used to justify service cuts and has called for postal privatization. It seems to me that as a result of recent polls, Trump seems to be running a little bit scared. He now sees the Postal Service as a way to get the election to go his way.
3: 25 billion for the post office, they want 2.5 with 3.5 billion dollars for universal mailing, 3.5 billion. And they're not going to do a deal that's good for the American people, therefore they're not gonna get the 3.5 billion, therefore they can't do the universal mail-in vote. It's very simple. How are they going to do it if they don't have the money to do
0: it? Here he admits he basically wants to interfere with the elections. He's running scared. And when he tries to explain himself, it becomes even more confusing. Well, what
3: I want to explain to people, but it doesn't need much explanation. I mean, you look at article after article, New York's mail vote disaster,
0: uh, tens of thousands of mail Isn't it interesting? Fake news until he wants it to work for his purposes. If you look at a recent study that was done by MIT, 143 cases of fraud using mail ballots over the course of 20 years comes out to 7 to 8 cases per year nationally. It also means that across the 50 states there has been an average of 3 cases per state over the 20 year span. This is just about one case per state every six or seven years. We're talking about a courage that translates to about 0.00006% of the total votes cast. Now this isn't fake news. This is a study done by MIT. However, this doesn't stop people from posting on Facebook misleading images of multiple ballots, all done without fact checking. And oh yeah, fake news. When we talk about the fading or the disappearing of democracy, certain things come to mind and kind of haunt me. When I saw that image of mailboxes being loaded on the back of trucks, and it wasn't until public pressure was put on that they stopped doing that. When I look at the idea of the Postal Service removing and destroying 969 of the 4,926 mail sorting machines, 746 of those machines used for delivering barcode sorters, for sorting letters, and, of course, ballots. When I think about the images of the so-called, or what looked like, secret police that attacked peaceful demonstrators in D.C. so Trump could hold up a Bible, and, of course, upside down. When I see Attorney General Barr orchestrating the release of Trump allies and attempting to send Michael Cohen back to jail to stop him from writing a book about Trump, The numerous Friday night massacres that have resulted in the firing of IGs who were investigating Trump, allies, and cabinet members. Looking at the situation recently in Belarus and what has happened here, it couldn't help but make me think how close we are to heading in that direction. As democracy collapses around us, there are those who will focus their attention around their right not to wear a mask. They will hear no evil, see no evil, but they certainly will speak evil, and some under the pretense of God. Hey guys,
2: Pastor Greg Locke here. I want to give a few of you a moment to uh, start sharing this video and hopping on. But I've got a lot to say, a lot to chit-chat about in the next few minutes, so I'm just going to jump right in, and let me just go ahead and warn you up front, uh, as with many of my videos, not only do you want to buckle in and buckle up and hold on for the ride, some of you may not be able to to make the leap with me after this, because I'm pretty spitting mad about a bunch of nonsense. Did you know there's been nothing, nothing in the American culture and nothing in the church of the Lord Jesus Christ that has separated the body more than these stupid things right here? Uh, We call them... Uh, safety precautions. No, what these are, these are gags, ladies and gentlemen. These have become idols. These don't do anything whatsoever. They're the dumbest thing that's ever been created by humanity, okay? They are scientifically proven to do Jack sprat. But I'll tell you religiously what they've done. They've divided the body of the Lord Jesus Christ. These things are so dumb. You know, Walmart says now you have to have one, but they're going to charge you eight bucks to have one. So my wife gave me one that we have to carry around for obvious reasons. So I went into Walmart today. I've not even got to the store yet. I'm just letting you, you know, share the video. I'm about to get fired up about some stuff, so I'd suggest that the kiddos get out of the room. But anyhow, so I walk around Walmart today with this off. All I did was do like this to get in the door, and then I walked around. There's 300, 400 people in there, and all these sheep are walking around. <laughs> they all got their masks on, you know. Uh, they're all just like a bunch of little mechanized robots walking around, we have our mask, we are safe, COVID-19 cannot get to us, and I'm walking around with this thing in my hand. Nobody said Jack Sprat. Nobody said
0: And this comes from a man who says he's a follower of Jesus. Huh. I wonder what Jesus would say if he met him today. Hear no evil, see no evil, but speak plenty of evil. Not wearing a face mask has now become the symbol with no substance. We can wear a flag lapel, but that doesn't mean anything without action behind it. Not wearing a mask proves nothing except that you can only think of yourself and not others. Selfishness is not a good look. The situations that are happening in this country today whether it's related to the Postal Service, the Friday night massacres, the attacks on peaceful demonstrators. It only gets me to worry about where we are with democracy. I started this podcast looking at how we've treated veterans. I also looked at this whole idea of wearing flag lapels. And how does this relate to democracy? Well, the thing is to look at is that Actions do speak louder than words. And when we look at situations that are occurring today, look beyond just simply the words that are being said, but look at the actions by which those people are speaking those words. There's a light that shows us the way. That is the light of democracy. However, in these winds of injustice, hatred, racism, and looking away, it is slowly blowing that light out. Must a man walk
4: down before you call him a man? How many seas must the white dove sail before she sleeps in the sand? Isn't yes, how many times must the cannon balls fly before they're forever banned? Yes, not how many years can some people exist before they're allowed to be free? Yes, not how many times can a man turn his head and pretend that he just doesn't see? The answer, my friend, is blowing in the wind. The answer. Answer blowing in the wind yes, and how many times must a man look up before he can see the sky? Yes, and how many ears must one man have?